Charlemagne the God here. I can't wait to see you at the Black Effect Podcast Festival coming to you live on Saturday, April 22nd at the Pullman Yards in Atlanta, hosted by myself and Jess Hilarious. If you haven't gotten your tickets, what are you waiting for? The Black Effect is bringing some of the hottest podcasts live, like the 85 South Show, Horrible Decisions, and Big Facts for one day only, okay? For inspiring podcasters, we've got you covered. If you don't want to miss the Black Effect Podcast Festival, make sure to get your tickets today at blackeffect.com. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Please stand clear of the doors. Hey, Ray. Oh, man, I can't wait to finally get back to Magic Kingdom. And I can't wait to ride the Little Mermaid journey underneath the sea ride. Oh, especially when we get to that section with Sebastian and they're singing Under the Sea. Yeah, and they have all the animatronics. There's like, what, like 180 animatronics in that one room. I can't wait. Yeah, are we going to do the ride about like 1 o'clock? Is that when we're doing it? Because that's ideal for me. 1 o'clock. Why is that? Why is it ideal at 1 o'clock? That's my nap time. Welcome to episode 52 of the Diz His Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Adam. Today, we will be giving the his on the Little Mermaid, Ariel's Under the Sea Adventure at Disney, California Adventure, and Under the Sea, the Journey of the Little Mermaid Attraction at Magic Kingdom, because they're pretty much the same ride. Mm-hmm. So everyone here, we've all been on this ride, and what do you guys think about this ride? I enjoy it. It's a nice getaway uh, to get out of the heat. Um, Joe, no, you did not follow Alex's example of saying a name first. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because we're kind of you know out of the studio, and we're actually trying to re- video record this to see how kind of mess around with the settings. And yes, I should have said, Adam, what do you think of this ride? <laughs> or Alex, either one. Uh, yeah, you know, sure. You can mix it up. There's a 50-50 chance of either one of us answering. Uh, so yeah, if you are looking at the recording and you've never been on the ride, then that is the background to the under the sea section behind Joe. That is true, right here behind me. I'm actually, I snuck in the Disney World. Oh. And uh, yeah, I'm at Magic Kingdom. I'm actually on the ride, as you see behind me. Nice. It's just all standstill, not moving yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because, you know, the ride's not running. So every, it's just kind of not, they're, the, the ride's not running right now. So it's just all animatronics kind of chilling back there. <laughs> so back to it. Yeah, Um, the animatronics are pretty cool. I mean, it's the music that you like, and it shows the key scenes, except for the boat stabbing Ursula into the stomach. Kind of like in Jaws the Revenge. <laughs> you, ever see Jaws, uh, you ever see Jaws the Revenge? That's how they kill Jaws at the end of Jaws the Revenge. They kind of stab. Oh, like, nah. Yeah, you ever seen that movie? No, I've only seen the first one. Oh, okay. uh, really? Yeah. Is, is Revenge, is that the one where he goes to the sea park? No, man. That's oh. the one at SeaWorld. We don't talk about that park on this podcast either. <laughs> uh, uh, Alex, what do you think? I, I like the ride. Um, I can't wait till in the future when like my wife will ride it with Christina and then like- my Your wife will ride it with Christina? I'm sorry. My wife will ride with Emma <laughs> and maybe okay. Link at the same time and then I can be myself and just take a nap. Oh, that's my goal Does your life. wife know about this Christina? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just go with it. <laughs> Uh, so I can't wait for that to happen because that ride I feel like is, uh, is prime napping man. time. You're prime right, man. Napping time. 
you're right, but guess what? You just messed it up because she's going to listen to this podcast, <laughs> and now it's never going to happen. Now you gave away your idea. Oh, cut that out. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I do that on Sp- Spaceship Earth. Now that Nick's big enough, right, right. That, that you know, my wife and him kind of get in the front seat, and yeah, I have my yeah. own in the back seat, and I go back there and just take a nap every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, but the difference is Little Mermaid has a back you can rest on where Spaceship Earth doesn't. Like, there's no, There's nowhere for your head. It doesn't matter for me. I can old I, man I, sleep. Yeah, Alex, I kind of curl up almost like on the on a like in a ball almost. I'm just joking. I really don't curl up that much, but I kind of like you know get in there, kind of comfy and relax. But uh, Alex, what do you think about this ride though? We're kind of getting off tr- track. Here I, I said I like it. I like the ride. It's a good ride. I, it's uh, entertaining. It's full of color, which is fun to watch. Yeah. The um, digital stuff is interesting. The way they make it seem underwater with the bubbles projected on the back of the clam and stuff so it's a pretty good ride yeah and i enjoy the ride i really like it a lot um same thing i like the animatronics there's a lot of animatronics there's a lot of color there i like the transitions with the digital screens and the mixture between the two uh it's like a mini version of we always talk about the pirates of the caribbean ride in in uh shanghai disney you know what has like the mixture is i mean obviously the shanghai disney pirates of the caribbean is a lot more intense there's a lot more screens. There's a lot more action going on. Uh-huh. But this has like the screens. It has the animatronics. And it's kind of cool when they bring both of those together. Plus, they also have the newer animatronics. And, well, not as new as Frozen, but they're mm-hmm. way better looking than you know the older stuff at Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, mm-hmm. along with the traditional style animatronics that you would see simply at uh, It's a Small World. Yeah, they yeah. do have a mixture of everything. Yep. Yeah. So let's go ahead and give it a rating. We haven't given something a rating Ooh. in a long time. Yeah, so Adam, rusty. Adam, what do you give the Little Mermaid ride as? A, what do you give it a rating? Uh, I give it a six. That's good. Okay. How about you, Alex? Wow, six. That's. I feel like that's a negative number for you. I usually write <laughs> things higher than that. I give it a six as well, actually. And you know something? And we didn't talk about this beforehand. I promise you, I'm not just going with. I'm going to give it a oh, six you and can't. a half. Oh, okay. You have to have the half. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give it a six. This, <laughs> you can't say the three together. That's true. I know. That's true. That's the reason why I'm giving it a six and a half. But Ooh. not only that, not only that. If uh, I was in the studio right now, I would switch it to deep voice and Satan would come into the building. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. But what I'm going to... Um, so I think our rating styles also have kind of changed and kind of evolved throughout this whole thing. Because you know, we were... I think we're starting. You don't think so, Alex? Mine has always been the same. Yeah, really. I I pick it a six because I like the music. The animatronics could be better, and they're skipping parts out of the story that I wish were in there. Yeah, and I, I mean, six is really not that bad of a rating. I mean, it's better than five. So you're right. (laughs) It is better than five. Good job. (laughs) Wow. I'm a teacher. (laughs) I'm giving you guys a little bit of soundboard. I'm giving you guys a little bit of a math lesson, also. (laughs) Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) But, I mean, you already know that it's not going to be the greatest ride because of the fact that it's usually a 45-minute or underweight time, and that's on busy days. You can go there at when the fireworks go on. You can get right on the ride, no weight at all. Let's get to the his on The Little Mermaid, Ariel's Undersea Adventure, and Under the Sea, The Journey of the Little Mermaid Attraction. Under the sea. 
The Little Mermaid Ariel's Undersea Adventure opened officially on June 3rd, 2011 in Disney California Adventure. A little over a year later, a replica ride opened across country under a different name. Under the Sea, Journey of the Little Mermaid opened officially in Magic Kingdom on December 6th, 2012. Both rides are almost identical and are classified as dark ride attractions. These rides are of course based off the hit movie, The Little Mermaid. This has nothing to do about what you just read, but I'm just going to go over something real quick. So I was uh-huh. editing the podcast last week, right? Yeah. And so Alex made, he he redid actually oh, the first froze. part of the Mickey Mouse history with iWorks, right? Huh? Oh, sorry. I, it just Alex froze for me. Yeah, yeah. Your, your, your internet connection is a little wonky right now, but that's all right. So what you did was you went and you said you pretty much redid the history with iWorks. You made a whole bunch of mistakes. With the, with the new one. I edited it. Then he goes back to the, at the very end. He's like, you know, I made so many mistakes. I'm going to go back and re-say. Oh. The, I'm going to do it so with not so many mistakes so you can go ahead and make it easier in the editing, <laughs> right? you didn't oh. know that until after the fact. Oh, well, sorry about that. No, no. Hold on one second. Doesn't even make a difference because he still that made the same amount of mistakes. mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, what? Yo, you, you made just the same amount. I was like, I'm just going to keep my I was my trying edits. not to make as many not mistakes. Not even worried. Uh, you did. You did try. I'm not gonna. Lie. I mean, I tried. yeah. Okay. So a couple episodes ago, we did Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, and the Little Mermaid. That, that um over at Magic Kingdom, that was mm-hmm. one of the attractions that kind of replaced Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah. Yeah, and to play homage to Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, you can find a submarine in the rock formation over at uh, Little Mermaid. Yep, you sure can. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, Alex. Were you going to say that? <laughs> it's in the history. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, but still, that's right, though. Um, I definitely think think that the Little Mermaid deserves its own attraction. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that movie was one of the movies that brought Disney back, put Disney back on the map. So it deserves an attraction. Yeah, we'll find out later why we didn't get it earlier. But it's crazy how long it took to get a ride. I, I think know, they I- need. To update the uh, other attraction they have over at Hollywood Studios. Oh, yeah. that It's like almost like a show, right? Yeah, but it doesn't do The Little Mermaid justice, I don't think. I don't think so either. Um, I saw it one time. I have no kind of interest to kind of... It's not like on my to-do list to go see again. I totally agree with you. Uh, and, you know, the history that's coming up on this episode is kind of... The next part's really cool. I, I mean, I would say I read it beforehand. It's... Uh, some pretty interesting stuff. I mean, wouldn't you say that about all of our episodes we put out? <laughs> it's true, man. I love Disney history. You're right. <laughs> now, this one's good. Don't listen to the last three. <laughs> They're not that cool. <laughs> but that ride at Hollywood Studios, it has actual bubbles, guys. Actual bubbles. Yeah, actual bubbles, not fake it's ones, not a... I know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's not a the ride, show. though. No, yeah, it's a yeah. show. The attraction. We, there you go. We can call it an attraction. Yeah. You can't go wrong with attraction. We we had some kind of people who, yeah, they they they're Dis- the people work at Disney, and they're like, listen, they're like getting kind of angry about it too. They're like, this is not that this this is an attraction. It's not a ride. It's an attraction. The Little Mermaid was released on November seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine. It ushered in the new golden era for Disney animation and was the first of what became a long line of smash hits in the nineties. The Little Mermaid would earn over $84 million at the North American box office and go on to win two Academy Awards, two Grammys, and two Golden Globes. So, of course, in the mid-1990s, Disney wanted to develop a Little Mermaid ride. 
Tony Baxter, designer of Big Thunder Mountain and Splash Mountain, was given the opportunity to design a ride for The Little Mermaid. His idea was a dark ride that used a ride system similar to Peter Pan's flight, which would allow guests to dive in and out of water. Guests would then be immersed in the best scenes from the movie. The attraction would begin with guests passing a shipwreck before arriving at Ariel, who was looking longingly at the human world. The next scene has Sebastian and his friends performing a song, Under the Sea. Guests would pass by Ursula's two minion eels before entering the sea witch's lair. Here, Ursula and Ariel would make a deal as a menacing instrumental version of Kiss the Girl and Poor Unfortunate Souls played in the background. Guests would emerge from underwater where they would find themselves in the middle of the battle between Ursula, King Triton, and Prince Eric. After the sea witch was defeated, guests would then see Scuttle who would ask Flounder, any kissing? At this point in the attraction, guests would enter the Kiss the Girl scene from the film. Here, Prince Eric and Ariel were serenaded by Sebastian and other marine life. Finally, guests would pass by the now-human Ariel and Prince Eric, waving from their boat as guests enter the unloading area. Disneyland Paris had a spot in Fantasyland set aside for the ride, but due to budget constraints, the attraction was never built. There were also early plans for Tokyo Disney Sea, Magic Kingdom, and Hong Kong Disneyland that included this ride, but none of these ideas were actually built. The attraction was developed to the point where there is an actual computer-generated ride-through. The animated ride-through was included on the Platinum Edition DVD of The Little Mermaid released in 2006. So I thought it was kind of interesting that this was a this ride. Whoa. What, what, is, what happened? You, you, got, you got loud. I did? Yeah. Let me see here. Oh, I did get loud, huh? Why am I so loud? I'm not loud anymore, though. It's Oh, no, I am. Hold on. Let me turn it down. That's weird. I wonder why I uh, got loud all of a sudden. Can you guys hear me or no? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I find it interesting interesting that this ride was thought back in the mid-90s, but didn't come out until after a decade later. Yeah. It was back when they wanted to get a ride out, you know, closer to the release, you know, like soon after. Because... I mean, it's seeming now that rides are weighted on. Like, look how long Toy Story Land got put. I mean, they were on their third movie. Fourth, yeah, that's Toy true. Never yeah. really th- it was right before the... Yeah. Took never really time. thought about that. Yeah, never really thought about that. I mean, Toy Story Land, it's kind of... I would say after the Prime, right? Yeah. I mean, look at Tron. We're just now getting... To, I know it's overseas... But we're just now getting Tron. The movie was how long ago? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's interesting how long it took to make the ride. But, um, I mean, they tried to do it, but it just didn't work out, I guess. I guess the uh, last example I can think, I just thought of just now would be we're going on Guardians of the Galaxy 3 mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. And we're just now getting a Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Yeah, it's kind of weird, actually, because it's actually, it's been a while between the movies, too. I mean, it's not like, you know... I would say Guardian Galax- Guardians of the Galaxy 2 did a lot better than the first Guardians. I, I think Guardians of the Galaxy well, I mean, 2 was we funny. already went f- we went from adult Groot to baby Groot to teenage Groot. By the time this rides out, he's going to be an adult again. Yeah. <laughs> and the ride's going to be should be pretty awesome, I think. I think that's going to put that's going to put Epcot back on the map, I think. I'll go there. Oh, yeah, if the ride that ride, there's no doubt you're going to go there <laughs> cuz I mean, any kind of thrill seeker. He won't make it He's not going to make it into the world showcase, but he'll get to you know the ride section. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm hoping I'll be able to ride that ride. I think I'm going to be able to. What? Mm. I think I'm going to remember he has a fear. Yeah, you know, like that whole. 
Is he going to be man enough to ride the ride? That's what he's saying. Yeah, I ride think he'll be able to. Now. Dude, that's going to be like, it's going to be like a uh, rock and roller coaster. It's going to shoot you backwards, though. Yeah. I'm, I'm working on yep. it, man. Hey, it's kind of hard when the parks are closed, though. <laughs> Put you in a chair and we can push you around the house <laughs> with a mask on and gloves, of course. But, you know, you can pretend. <laughs> yeah, sure. You can push me really fast. <laughs> yeah. Get one of those exercise bands and then pull you back in the chair really far <laughs> with that band. Like a slingshot. <laughs> yeah. In typical Disney fashion, good rides may be put on a shelf after being developed, but are never dead. Disney California Adventure needed to revitalize after a drop in park attendance in 2000s. One of the rides picked to be built was a version of Tony Baxter's original idea. A team of talented Imagineers got to work. But like most movie-based attractions, the Imagineers faced the challenge of telling a story based on a feature film in the confines of a short ride. This always results in songs, characters, and even entire scenes being skimmed over to meet the time restraints of the ride. Each scene of the attraction was first built as a one-quarter inch scale model and then as a one-inch scale model. So Imagineers could look through the attraction scene by scene before full construction began. The new Imagineers team decided to replace the ride system Tony originally thought of with Omnimovers, similar to the doom buggies used on Haunted Mansion. These Omnimovers were designed as multicolored clamshells which could seat two adults comfortably or two adults with two small children. The Little Mermaid Ariel's Undersea Venture opened on June 3, 2011 in the Paradise Pier area formerly occupied by Golden Dreams. Golden Dreams was a theater replica of the Bernard Maybeck-designed Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco and played a film titled History of California. The Little Mermaid attraction architecture incorporated the outside of the already built theater and is now part of the entrance. Ariel's Undersea Adventure was just the type of family-oriented, crowd-absorbing attraction Disney California Adventure so badly needed. In 2009, Disney unveiled its plans for an expansion of the Magic Kingdom's Fantasyland. As part of this expansion, Disney announced that a Little Mermaid attraction will be constructed. Although the conception art initially released for the Magic Kingdom version of the attraction looked substantially different than the attraction in Disney's California Adventure, the two attractions ended up being essentially the same. Magic Kingdom would receive a larger and more interactive queue. Under the Sea, Journey of the Little Mermaid opened on December 6, 2012, as part of the Fantasyland expansion. The Little Mermaid Ariel's Undersea Adventure was closed for a month-long refurbishment in 2014. As they added more animatronic fish, an Ariel in Prince Eric's hair was changed from plastic to a more realistic-looking hair in the scenes when they are on land. A year later, Under the Sea Journey of the Little Mermaid received the same refurbishment in 2015. Stephen like that was saying, it's hard to squeeze a movie into a short time yeah. frame. Yep. It's kind of like almost like... A, when you're doing it like Yeah, and it's almost like the ahead. books, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of... It's some of the, like the Harry Potter books or whatever. It's kind of hard to squeeze these big books into a two-hour movie. Because right. there's just so much information. It's the same thing with you know, squeezing, a, squeezing a, a movie into a ride. Which is why I think it's good when rides don't do that and they have their own mm-hmm. story. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Like, I hate to bring up the other park but you just mentioned harry potter mm-hmm. and when you're doing the the bank ride mm-hmm. it's telling you a story behind the scenes of what's going on in the, the movie gringotts yeah yeah gringotts bank like when when in the movie they're there that's the same time the time frame that you're there too mm-hmm. and you're like seeing what is going on behind the scenes. So like if, uh, you know, they made a Disney ride where you got to see like what Ariel or not, what like, um, Flounder and Sebastian were doing, like why she was gone or something mm-hmm. like that, like trying to find her at that, you know, that'd be a good way. Of doing yeah. It. Yeah. But I, I think 
they how they developed that ride. I see the way I was seeing it, you know, was they went to like they put the movie in quarters, where at the very beginning, then they have like you know the middle, then they have like three quarters, and then they have the end. I looked at it in mm-hmm. quarters, I guess, in a way, not so much they were looking for the major plot points of the the story. I love the Omni Movers. Yeah. Um, never really thought about how similar they are to the Doom Buggies, oh, but really? they are very similar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's same uh, walk-on. You have to walk on the uh, surface that spins. Yep. That's why it has Do a you lot know of stops, a- probably, right? Because you- people have to get on that can't yep. get up. Yeah. Do you yep. see, do you know what's on the... Oh, wait, is that that one or is that the Nemo ride? What's on the conveyor belt? I know one of them has stingrays. It's Nemo ride. The Lissies. Yeah, that's it's the, on that one. Yeah, it's because the stingrays. The stingray is, you know, like the school yeah. teacher. Yeah, okay, okay. And then you got the. Wonder where, I wonder yeah, and then Haunted Mansion one. has. Uh, I remember. Haunted Mansion has like bats. bats, right? Yeah, I think it has bats. Yeah. I wonder if Arrow does have something on there. It maybe, would maybe make it has sense. like shells or something. To look at it next time. Dude, I'm telling you right now, I was so looking forward to doing the like, you know, it's kind of hard for us to do ride to his, mm-hmm. where we go onto a ride and kind of do the history of the video of the ride when the parks are closed. I was kind of looking forward to doing some of that this summer. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, we could steal other YouTube videos, yeah, and that, then just edit that them. That will work, huh? <laughs> yeah, you blow the blow the video up a little bit just to get their logo <laughs> out of the way. That's a good idea. <laughs> I'm just I'm just joking. At Magic Kingdom, before you even get on the ride, you get a chance to enjoy the queue. The start of the queue is marked with the attraction's marquee, a shipwrecked boat with Ariel as a figurehead. Lucky for you, it's low tide, and due to this, you can take Ariel's favorite path to entering the castle, through the hidden underwater cavern filled with history and adventure. As you walk the path, you are surrounded by rushing waterfalls and lapping tide pools that are littered with pieces of long-lost ships. Next, guests enter the grottos under the cliffs, and here they can see stashes of Ariel's shipwrecked treasures. Everything from dishes and cups and saucers to ship's wheels and spyglasses. As you travel along, you'll find several stations featuring crabs looking for your help. When you see them on the screens, they will stop with thingamabobs they find. Point at them if they are holding something valuable. Be mindful that you are standing in the same location that was once home to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. You can find several nods to the attraction, including a rock carving of the Nautilus, Songs like Whale of a Tail, Playing Overhead, and Former Portholes. The real treasure of the queue line can be found just before the Fastpass merge area. After entering Prince Eric's castle, you can find a dome above with a retelling of stories by seafarers. After merging with the Fastpass line, guests can finally see the load area, which depicts a mural of everyone's favorite Little Mermaid. I love that little crab. Yeah, it's cool. Yep. One of the better uh, redone of uh, the waiting line to keep kids entertained by your Yeah, it's so there. simple. Yeah, it is very simple. I don't think it's just for kids, though. I mean, I kind of like looking at it, too. Mm-hmm. No, it's not, but I'm sure that was the <laughs> Yeah, target. I know. It was for the kids. You're right. I keep doing it. <laughs> not for me, man. It wasn't for me. What are you trying to tell me? <laughs> but I like that, that line, that queue line. Yeah. That's one of the nicest queue lines at the park, I'd say. Oh, for sure. Definitely the whole, like, just like the cave, going inside the caves and the waterfalls and stuff like that. For mm-hmm. sure. At that park. Yes. At Magic Kingdom. Because right. I think the um, Flight of Passage, that's amazing. Yeah. And how's the queue? Is the queue the same over at Disneyland? Oh, no. not, Dis- yeah, not Disneyland. Uh, it's um, not. I've, hey, the California Adventure. Why don't you, yeah. 
Why don't you tell us when you go there? Yeah, I'm not sure if I told you guys this. It's been a couple years. I'm actually (laughs) heading over, hopefully, to um, California to go to those parks. Hopefully the parks will be open by then. Yeah, California's being struck. Yeah, they are. Uh, Yeah, the California Adventure Park does not have that queue. Only we do, which is awesome. I'm glad we have that. Yeah, so am I. Do you guys go on the ride much? Like, oh, I we I go on it because Nick likes going on that ride, and I'll probably go on it a lot because my daughter loves uh, princesses. I uh, say because uh, usually we uh, that this is one of the few rides that I do know the line uh, the queue for because we don't get fast passes because usually don't get no, fast passes. No, you don't. Bad. And we would use it as like a buffer room if we had a fast pass that had like an hour right, wait. Yep. We would just go over there because it'd be like a half hour. And you know that's the great thing, yeah. And that's the great thing about yeah. being annual pass holders. You say you got your three fast passes, you know, for the day, and you can kind of, you know, it's like a variable which other ride you ride you can go on. Oh, this one doesn't have a long wait. We can go on this one. This mm-hmm. one doesn't have. And guess what? That's like Adam said is that he knows that one doesn't really have that long of a wait usually, so they usually go to that one. Right. And it's just, I know that one's probably not going to have a long wait. The Carousel of Progress is not going to have a long wait. The people movers not gonna have a long Monsters wait. We can, yep, so we we kind of go to those, you know, here and there. Um, I feel bad for people who have to try to fit everything in two days or three days. Oh my gosh! Just I have no idea. Thinking man. of it, it's it impossible. Me, yeah, it's impossible. Which is the advantage of you know when you have the annual pass, you can you don't have to rush through everything. You don't have to wait through those long lines. Just get what you want done. We we, we probably shouldn't be mentioning this because now everyone is going to try to move to Florida. That's listening to this podcast. That's listening to this show. That's not living in Florida. They're all oh, going to want to move yeah, to Florida. This is now. the number one reason. Exactly. Dude, man. Yeah. I'm telling you right now. This is the reason why I probably will never move from Florida. Is because Disney's here. Yeah. I like my job. That's why I won't move. <laughs> I can be a teacher anywhere. I can go to. Te- I can be a teacher in Canada. I can be a teacher. Teacher in Alaska. I mean, anywhere in the world, I can be a teacher. But guess what? Magic Kingdom and Disney, uh, Walt Disney World's only in Florida. I can't be a certified microelectronics production engineer anywhere else. Why not? It was really hard remembering <laughs> what that title was. <laughs> you have those jobs where the, you're like, hey, what is your dad? He was like, I don't know. In both parks, the ride goes as follows. Scuttle begins to introduce the story. In his characteristic, absent-minded manner, can't seem to form a coherent tale. Since Scuttle was voiced in the film by the late Buddy Hackett, the Imagineers had to turn to a voice actor to record new dialogue for the attraction. Scuttle's rambling narrative follows along as your clamshell turns and then tilts backwards, and you go under the sea, with bubble effects projected on the clamshell in front of you, as a rush of cool air helps sell the effect. You hear laughter and look up to see a projection of Ariel and Flounder swimming above you, before your clamshell turns to reveal Ariel's treasure-filled grotto. Here the Little Mermaid sings part of your world as Flounder swims next to her, and you can see a little Sebastian figure peering from behind some rocks. Ariel's hair moves around her shoulders as if it's floating in a current. Continuing on, guests find Sebastian conducting dozens of underwater creatures as they form the number under the sea. A short scene in the original film, but the largest set of this ride. There are 120 animated characters in this scene, ranging in complexity from a whirling octopus, a lifelike Sebastian figure, to fish that bob back and forth, and 50 sea stars that spin on the coral. According to Larry Nikolai, creative director for the ride, the eyes are most important feature on a character, and thus warranted special attention during the creation of Sebastian figure. 
And so people are always drawn to. So we went to an enormous effort to make this little guy with a self-contained video projection system where his eyes can do anything we want them to do. Nikolai said, they can blink and change expressions and look all around. The next transition takes you into a cave guarded by Flotsam and Jetsam, Ursula's evil eel psychics. Next, you'll find Ursula in her lair, singing Poor Unfortunate Souls, as she hovers over a crystal ball showing an image of Ariel. The ride uses four original songs from the film, with Ariel voicing by Jody Benson and Ursula by Pat Carroll. On the decision to use the original soundtrack, Lisa Geralami, the Imagineer who oversaw the creative team responsible for the attraction's development, said, Why record new songs when, first of all, the original songs are great? But second of all, that's what we've grown up with for over 20 years. If we re-recorded the songs a little differently, they'd feel a little different. Musical arranger and orchestrator Danny Trube wrote original music for the ride, including Scuttle's Sea Shanty from the opening scene, the descent and the ascent themes, and the pieces between the scenes. You exit Ursula's lair through a cave filled with the glowing eyes of Ursula's past victims, and another projection screen shows Ariel in mid-transition from mermaid to human girl. Then you pass through a vine curtain and right into the kiss the girl scene, which offers a closer look at the Sebastian animatronic. The next scene is where the ride departs from the movie storyline, with a new ending that was created to fit the needs of the attraction. Ariel and Eric are shown in silhouette with a golden light representing Ariel's voice shining from her throat, while an angry two-dimensional Ursula lurks in the background. It's a quick scene and serves simply to move their storyline along to the big happily ever after ending where Ariel and Eric, dressed in their wedding clothes, wave from a balcony overlooking the ocean. King Triton makes his first appearance here, surrounded by creatures from the Under the Sea scene. The scene is set at night and fireworks explode in the background, replacing the rainbow at the end of the original film. Yeah, it's kind of a long one, huh? Yeah. So my favorite part of that ride is going to be the Under the Sea part. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's other cool parts, yep. but I mean, there's all those animatronics that are in that uh, in the ride. It's pretty awesome. And the music going on. Oh it. yeah, yeah. Oh, you mentioned about the eyes. The eyes are the most mm-hmm. important part. That was also mentioned in the uh, Waking Sleeping Beauty episode. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, where one of the animators says you. Got to get the eyes first because that's where, you know, that draws right. the attention. And then looking up, I didn't. Oh, you said that the first Scuttle, they had to find someone else. And that is because the original voice actor for Scuttle passed away in 2003. Right. That's sad. Yeah. It's crazy how similar this ride is from the original idea that, um, that, uh, oh, I'm forgetting his name, uh, Baxter had in the 90s. It it follows what we read earlier, very much similar, but then they made changes, of course, which mm-hmm. I think the changes they made are better. I like the Doom Buggy type ride uh, better than the Peter Pan flight passenger ride style. Why is that? Um, I don't know. I just, I like the Haunted Mansion ride a lot better than Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. I think um, the Doom Buggy style on the floor is smoother than from the ceiling. Yeah, you think so? I think I feel the yeah. I think I feel the jerks and uh, the you know the being pulled more when I'm on Peter Pan. I mean, it could be the age of the mm-hmm. ride, but I definitely think I feel it. You know, feel the turns and how it's moving more when you're on Peter mm-hmm. Pan. Did you know Floatsome and Jetsome were played by the same female? Oh, really, I know that. That's a creepy <laughs> voice. <laughs> How many animatronics do you think are in that part of the under? The, I mean, the under the sea part of that ride, it really brings you 
into the um into the movie, I think, and brings you into that scene of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's an iconic scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. And then when you have all those, you know, animatronics going all at the same time, it is really, you know, it brings you immerse, uh, it gives you more immersion to the. I said there's 128. 128 in that, in that scene. That's pretty awesome. That's a lot. It's a lot. Could that? That's a lot to yeah, check yeah. on. That's a lot that can, could go wrong. Yep. And and online, when I was looking stuff up, I saw someone was saying how they didn't like the ride, especially that scene because it's so large and so well lit. You can see all the other people and their omni movers, and it and you can see the ceiling. So it ruined that area of the ride for them because it took them out of the story because of how much visually you can see. That's not the ride itself. Yeah, but. So does the fire escape sign when you're looking at the ceiling of Pirates of the Caribbean take you out of it too? Maybe. <laughs> but I don't think, I mean, to me, that scene is supposed to be like a, with a big audience. So I don't mind it that much. You know, it's supposed to be like a whole bunch of fish. It's supposed to be like a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. Not people, but it's supposed to be like a lot of things going on. So I'm fine with having those people there. Yeah, you need it bright so you can see all the colors right. too. You don't want the whole black light neon kind yeah of no thing. i like it the way it is and seeing the ceiling doesn't bother me yeah. when i when that stuff happens no yeah whoever said that can no i, I don't want to say because <laughs> <laughs> they might be a listener <laughs> quick fire quick facts let's go an 86 foot long hand-painted mural greets guests in the loading area of the attraction a special skin technology had to be incorporated into the audio animatronics figures for Ariel, King Triton, and Ursula since they have so much skin exposed. Music in the queue features an orchestral medley of songs from the film. Nearly 200 audio animatronic figures perform in the attraction. The Under the Sea scene alone has 128 figures. The Under the Sea attraction is currently one of the few rides that have an attached character meet and greet area. At Ariel's Grotto, Ariel herself sits inside a beautiful and colorful cavern, waiting to meet and take pictures with her adoring fans. Ursula is the largest audio animatronic figure in the show at 7.5 feet tall and 12 feet wide. She also has a squash and stretch function in her torso and flexible material so she can bounce along with the music. Imagineers working on the attraction consulted with Ariel's animator in the film, Glenn Keane, who recommended that her hair be treated as a character all its own. We here at Dizhiz enjoy traveling under the sea with Ariel and can't wait to do it again. Hidden Mickeys. Spot your first hidden Mickey on a rock just outside the standby entrance queue. The second hidden Mickey can be found on a rock in the lagoon near a waterfall. Just past the last one, and to the right is where you will find Hidden Mickey number three. Look down over the right side of the bridge railing for number four. Number five can be found just above the railing on a rock. The six in the group can be found just before you enter the inside portion of the queue. Look above and behind you in the rocks. Just past a carved wooden figure in an opening in the rock ceiling, look for number seven as light on the lower wall to the left shows rumored to only appear on November 18th which is Mickey's birthday number 8 is found above bottles in the queue look above when you see scuttle for hidden Mickey number 9 
While on the ride, the tenth hidden Mickey can be found to your right in purple coral. And to the left, look for a green fish that has the eleventh hidden Mickey. Watch out for frogs to find number 12. Along the exit walkway, look to the floor to your left for unlucky 13. And number 14 will be through the large opening in the exit walkway left wall. Not a hidden Mickey, but a classic look for Steamboat Willie once outside the cave. Hey, Joey, what you drinking? What's up, fam? How you guys doing today? Good. Doing good. Good, Joey. How you doing? Living the dream. Today, we're talking about the Little Mermaid ride. Yeah, true. And as is tradition with these freaking Disney rides, guess what they still don't have at Disney? Go ahead. I'll give you one guess. Uh, People. Uh, Alcohol? Bingo has been called. Pay the man nothing <laughs> because there's no freaking booze at the Magic there's, Kingdom. Dude, there's some, man. Yeah, but you got to buy an $80 steak or eat at some $50 meal where your kid meets Winnie the Pooh and three of his idiot friends. I'm no thank you. I'm good. And you can't get liquor. There's no beer. There's no alcohol in beer and wine. My gosh. 5% alcohol by volume. What is this, high school? Anyway. So, it, it is. So, hold on, Joe. Go ahead. So, you know that the, the drink doesn't have to be at Magic Kingdom, right? It can be like a uh, fish kind of themed drink. drink oh, no, don't mermaid. worry. I knew because while you guys oh, were yeah, hanging yeah, out yeah. riding the Little Mermaid, <laughs> I jumped in an Uber uh-huh. and paid some guy who definitely didn't speak English and smelled like hummus, and he took me over to the Springs. <laughs> so, it just made sense. I went by Paradiso 37. That was a long ro- wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. My, my. Do you always get Italians driving you in Ubers? No, just the Greek. Why does he smell like hummus? Because he's the Greek. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. He's awesome, though. He was a nice guy. His name was Stavos. He was really cool. Or at least I think it was Stavos, unless he was using somebody else's ID in the window. And it didn't say Uber. It said Uber. I'm not stupid. I'm pretty sure that wasn't a sanctioned vehicle. But whatever. <laughs> he took my money. Um, was it Stuber? Stu- might have been Stuber. I like the movie. Stuber. Like the <laughs> There's a movie called yeah. Stuber? Please tell me yeah. it's nothing. Is it really just yeah. a knockoff of Uber? No. Oh, the guy, um, I forget his name. He's, uh, you know, Indian guy and he has really? to drive around there. Yeah. But no, the guy Indian guys Batista. drive taxis. No, they don't quit that. You racist. <laughs> uh, Batista's in it, right? Yeah. Batista's in it. Oh, never yeah. mind. I'm on board again. Okay. He's from Guardians. That dude rocks, dude. He's, I don't care what they say. Yeah. The best no, character the in that movie. No, <laughs> dude, are you watching uh, friggin' um, tit- uh, Titan Games on Netflix or oh, Hulu? Not yet. I haven't seen the first one yet. It is so good, dude. Isn't it's that just with a the bunch of the host? yeah. Yes, but these yeah. dudes are all like even cool. th- these are chicks that could beat my dad up, and it's so <laughs> cool. And they like oh, it's you got to check it out, man. And you can watch it with your kids because there's no swearing. It's just, it's basically American Gladiators, but they're all like like jacked like you know not like 80s jack where they're basically just skinny and don't own a beach they're like jacked they're big it's it's rad but anyway so the dude dropped me off it's in good. front of sorry <laughs> i just this is me sober i apologize um the dude dropped me off over at uh planet and i jogged over to uh paradiso they do a thing. It's kind of cool. It's called the P37 Swirl, which I'm pretty sure P37 is because they were too lazy to type what? out Paradiso and somebody missed the bar. But either way, I like that it was swirl. It made me think of a, a of a um, the the um the thing people die in in the Bermuda Triangle, the swirly thing. Come like on, a tornado. Oh, whirlpool. No, the ones that are a in, whirlpool. Yes, a whirlpool. It made, Typhoon. That, that's cool too. I like that place. 
And it made me think of a swirl. And I wanted to, I really wanted a sangria and a margarita, but I didn't want to drink too many because I didn't, I didn't really. Did that make you think of a swirly or did you go back to childhood memories when you were getting dunked in oh, I hate how right you are, you bastard. You're so correct. Oh, I was bullied so bad. <laughs> I literally didn't hit my growth spurt until I was like 29. So I was four foot two for you like You had ever. a growth spurt? <laughs> oh, you're such a d- You're lucky you could take me in a fight or I'd stand up to you. Oh, damn it. Anyway. So the Whirlpool, right, is at the end of Little Mermaid, right? And it's actually part of the Whirlpool. You can kind of see it at the very end of the ride. So is that what you're going for? How are you, how are you going to connect the drinks? I just assume I was already pretty hammered, so I just assumed Whirlpool made sense. <laughs> Whirlpool meant ocean. Ocean was Little Mermaid. Yeah. And I was like, that, does, that was the, my six degrees, right six degrees of Kevin Bacon got me to the Sangria Margarita at good. Paradiso 37. <laughs> so weirdest non-Little Mermaid story in the world, but it's still really funny. The dude who served me this drink was literally in high school musics, uh, high school musicals with me when I was friggin' 20 years ago. It was the weirdest thing in the world. I sit at the bar. Wait, what? Yes. This, wait, is, wait, that, wait. this is where the story whoa, whoa, gets super Joey. weird. Okay, I'm from, you were in high school musical? I was in six high school musicals, actually. Oh. <laughs> oh. You're a high school musical. <laughs> no, not a good one. <laughs> this is no. a Disney theme podcast. No, no, no we're talking the about the high school musical. <laughs> no, no, I was in an the high school musical. I would be what they call paid and or rich, but I'm not. I'm broke and or scum. You could have been a backup oh, dancer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm short enough. I probably could. See, that's the thing. I could, I could be a teacher because I have the facial hair of a 60 year old man. So, like, that, can you imagine me as like, hey, look, there's the new kid that transferred here from the other school. What's his name, Joey? And I'm like, hey, what's up, everybody? I'm like four. And I'll have full Wolfman beard. It'd be all oh, be bad. But so I go to the bar and I sit down and I'm looking at this dude and he's staring at me. And I'm like, either me and this dude have a weird bromance going on or he knows me. And he walked over and straight was like, did, did you go to school in, in just outside of Pittsburgh? And I'm like, yeah, Elwood City. And he goes, are you Joey Mazant? And I go, oh my gosh, are you Jeremy Conti? And then he gave me a big hug. And I'm like, we, we were co-leads in six high school musicals together. It was the weirdest thing in the world. I'm like, when did you move down here? And he's like, oh, I met my partner. We got married and we moved to Florida. And what are you doing here? And I'm like, I got hammered drunk and drove 14 hours south and I moved to Florida. And he's like, oh, cool. And that was it. It was just like, it was the weird, it was so weird. I mean, I graduated in a class of 151 kids. The fact that I would be drinking at the same bar when he had a shift, but I mean, I don't know, you sing in high school musicals, what do you do? You move to Disney because you think you're going to be in a high school musical. So, I mean, it's not that strange, but it was just, it was very random. But it made for a cool thing. Uh, hashtag Little Mermaid. Yeah, that's a really cool story. <laughs> it was cool. It was really cool. So if anybody goes to Paradiso 37 located uh, at Disney Springs in what used to be Pleasure Island and you see Jeremy, tell him Joey said hi and make sure you tell him that you listen to the Diz His podcast because that would make his day, I'm sure. Awesome, Joey. Hey, Joey. Uh, oh, man. I think I got a, what question did I have for you? Oh. About the Weird Job Wednesday? What's Weird Job Wednesday? Oh, I've been getting a lot of people asking me about that. They, they were talking about me on Tom and Dan because what I had is that job. You didn't, when Tom and Dan do the Weird Job Wednesday on their yeah. podcast? Yeah. So I thought I'd... He doesn't know. He doesn't listen. Oh, you don't? I'm sorry, brother. I thought you were in the, uh, the do, cult I, with us. I do listen every once in a while. <laughs> so I, um, I sent them in a Weird Job song, and they, they talked about it today. And so I'm in their rotation, so they asked me to send them a few more. So now I got a, a regular... It's where you um, take a very like a popular pop song, and you mm-hmm. 
talk about having a very weird job and you replace oh. the words. And so I sent one. I, I, I just assumed that was what you were going to ask me about because I've already got like 14 people asking me today. So What, what, okay. what was the one that you sent in? Uh, sent I can't in? say. I'm saving it for next uh, Wednesday when they play it. I can tell okay. you tonight. I'll tell you after this. Oh, you, they told you? Wait, what? The wheel drive you did? Oh, no, no, no. The, the, I thought they told you the song that I, I submitted. No, no, no. no you no, can tell me. the weird job. Yeah, the weird job. Dude, it was one of the greatest jobs I ever had because it was great. It was commission. It was very expensive stuff. But much like anything else in season, if it was a good season, you know, I was making bank. If it was a bad season, I was bumming money. So it was that was the only problem is you would sell a $66,000 guitar one day. Um, mm-hmm. The next day you would, you know, the next week or two you'd sell nothing. Um, and then there was one time I actually had um, – um, oh, for Joe, if you don't know, um, I worked at a Star Abilias at Disney Springs. It was the store oh, that I sold. Uh, I remember you, you saying remember? that, yeah. You know, the autographed movie posters and things. I had one client that bought 24 movie posters off me in one time. In one sitting, he just walked around. Wow. And he goes, I just put a four theater movie uh, theater in my mansion over in Islesworth, and I need some movie posters. I said, how many? He goes, I'm thinking six a theater, so 24. I said, okay. And he would point, and I'd climb up on the ladder and get it down. And when my manager came in the morning, you, you would have these little white tickets that were four inches by four inches, and we would tape them to the counter. And he came in the next morning, and normally there's one or two or three or four on a good day. There's just 24 tickets completely perimetering the thing, and he thought it was a joke, and he called me. I'm like, no, those are all to the same guy. Oh, wow. So, That's but it was, cool. Again, we can talk about if um, uh, if we ever talk about Star Abelias or any of the downtown Disney stores in one of these podcasts, I can I got stories. Awesome, yeah. I think we'll do, probably do some history on Disney Springs one time. Have you been? That That's what I was going to ask you. Have you been there yet? Have you been back? So a very good friend of mine asked me if I wanted to go with her uh, yesterday or the day before when they opened it up. And I was like, I'll tell you what. Um, I have a feeling that right now it's going to be a little bit crowded. Why don't you go check it out? And she's like, all right, I'll take you pictures. She rolls up, pulls in, walks in, goes – I'm sorry. It was – Today, when they opened up um, the Disney stores, three-hour wait to get inside the world of Disney. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it, and it was raining. So instead of letting people inside where the air is circulated and they wouldn't get wet or catch a cold to avoid the COVID virus, they let them stand outside in the rain and get cold and blow their nose and get germs, which will not avoid the COVID virus. So I'm curious to see if they eventually... I think there's going to come a point where Disney's like, look, we did our best. Screw it. It already says on our website um, we can't be held liable. So take your masks off. You know, bring your bags. Just go nuts. Just don't hurt anybody. I, I really think there's going to come a point where the complaints are going to be so high that they're just going to say, screw it. Just go. You know? Mm-hmm. So, but that's that, just my guess. And that's possibly, I mean, that's something that could happen. Like, we have no idea how that, what's going to happen. I mean, uh, I think it will start to happen in the late summer months in Florida. When people are basically passing out, walking through the parks with the mask on, because it's hot enough just going from Publix yeah. to your car. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> yeah, going walking around the park yeah. is it's going to be yeah. But when hard. it gets hot like that, I mean, there's no virus that's going to live in that type of environment. It's going to be hot, man. The viruses don't even live in that. Even the most resilient viruses. I don't, don't know about that. But but even without that, like they're still going to want to put the mask on everyone, mm-hmm. but. It's going to be hard enforcing that. Yeah, it is going to be they're hard. They're going to definitely, if they, if they do enforce it, they're going to have to give out free water bottles. 
Okay, Joey. So uh, how can we find you? How can we find you on uh, social media? Um, I am at the Joey Mazant on all social media. T-H-E-J-O-E-Y-M-A-Z-Z-A-N-T. Thank you, guys. Awesome, Joey. And when you call in for your Weird Job Wednesday, you're going to tell them where you can hear. I'm going to say you got to make sure you can. I'm going to say you got to hear me on this great segment. Um, I'm still bad, but they're still amazing. And I'm ironing out the kinks on Diz His. Uh, you can yeah. find them on yeah. all social media at Diz His yeah, 65. And you should definitely um, you should check out their um, Patreon account. Uh, you can become a member. Um, I what do they get for being a patron uh, for subscribing to your Patreon? How okay, does it work? so Tell me about Adam, you go ahead. You probably better at it. I was looking up. Yeah, hopefully when you say this, this will remind Samantha she's supposed to email me. <laughs> uh, they get to listen in on Discords. Uh, each month we give away prizes, and depending on what tier that you are in, you get to have more uh, tickets into winning the prize. Um, that's brilliant how much is we that have a 5 10 and 20 tier mm-hmm. yep and uh yeah and i mean like right now we have two of our patrons are listening in right now so mm-hmm. they can they get to listen to live shows they're in discord chat uh cutting room floor who's the who's uh, the dude that takes who's the guy that takes all the cool pictures that'd be that'd be chris yeah that's cr- okay that dude takes some amazing pictures does he have like one of those 1800 cameras so he has a drone oh, wait, what? he has a drone Oh. Really? Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about? I couldn't figure out how he got some amazing photos. Yeah, yeah. So he just got a drone like a couple weeks ago, and so uh, he's just out there and uh, near Philly. No, I think they're thinking it's Niels. Oh, Niels. Oh, well, we have a couple really cool patrons, and we have a couple people in the chat. So Chris has the has the drone, and Niels, he's in the Netherlands, so he's a Disney Paris uh, influencer, and That's he also him. takes a bunch okay. of cool pictures too. I'm not sure he's not even. That here dude's right now. mad nice. Yeah, oh he's yeah, mad yeah. nice. He reaches out to me all the time. Yeah, he, so he is super you nice. Got, your followers are awesome. Yeah. You oh, have some dude. of the best subscribers and you followers no I've idea. ever. I mean, you have no idea. I mean, I haven't had subscribers before, but the people that are are. <laughs> I mean, they're awesome, and there's nothing better that I like just to sit here and chat. Just Disney cool with people that want to talk about Disney, man. It's a blast. Oh, speaking of which, when the park opens back up, when are we gonna? Uh, when are we gonna go have family time and like all oh, of us go dude. out there and just hopefully get man. stupid. Hopefully soon. Do you guys do meetups like with all your fans, all the Patreons, we, and all the people we, in the Discord? We wanted to, but this whole virus thing kind of backtracked. It was a supposed bit. to be right now. We were supposed to have. We a- should, it was supposed to be in June. We should area fifty one it. They can't stop us all. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're gonna storm Wine Bar George. They can't stop us all. That's Let's do funny. this. Then you guys have an amazing day. You too, and Joey. Again, thank you for. Um, I'm, I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, man. You you have a good night. Thank See you. Bye bye. These are this his this his memories. Adam, do you have any memories? I went on the ride. Um, there was fireworks going on outside, and we didn't want to watch the fireworks, so we got on the ride, and we had no weight. It was an amazing memory. That's pretty cool. <laughs> How about you, Alex? Uh, I really can't think of anything that stands out to me with this ride. Um, just, I know it's one of the ones I like to go on and it's very peaceful. So it's peaceful enough where you can take a nap. Oh, I can take a nap anywhere, anytime. Well, I kind of revolves around fireworks also at my first DVC event. 
Um, I remember going on this ride and coming out to the fireworks right above me because that's where the fireworks are kind of right above that area. Mm-hmm. And it was super cool to come out and be like, boom, fireworks right there. It was awesome. Not for that ride, but right around the corner, I do remember taking Cheyenne to get her picture done with uh, Ariel when Cheyenne was probably five mm-hmm. or six. I'm sure I got that somewhere. Now she doesn't do pictures with any of them anymore. wonder why. Yeah. That's a bummer. Kind of grow out grow that with the teenagers, huh? Yeah, it's kind of go through a phase when they're like characters are really cool, and then you get to like that teenage phase, and they're like stupid. Then you get to the adult phase, uh, stage, and I like I like characters now. I mean, I like to take pictures where characters are kind of like oddball characters that you don't really get to see too much. Not really oddball, but you still don't get to see them out there mm. around the parks. Right. Yeah. Uh, so especially when they brought over uh, Donald's friends. That was a good time. I mean, Donald's friends. Over at Animal Kingdom, Donald's. Oh, isn't it called you're Donald's talking about friends? like um, Scrooge McDuck and Launchpad. Yeah, but I think yeah, the sign you, says Donald's right. friends. You're right. I think they, they might be. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool though when they did that because I, like, I saw that and I was like, okay, I'm going there, because I needed to take a picture with Scrooge McDuck and uh, Launchpad. Mm-hmm. So what did you do at the World of Disney? Uh, Adam, what did you do? At the World of Disney, once again, Okay, nothing. man, in the World of Disney, whatever. <laughs> uh, in the, I finished up because on the last podcast, I had started on the Waking Sleeping Beauty. Uh, so recently, I finished that up and then watched the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas uh, episode on Prop Culture. Oh, cool, man. I haven't watched that one yet. Was it good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all good. I mean, if you like those movies, you know, whatever it is, you, yeah. you know, you're going to like yeah, it sure. as long as you appreciate the movies. Uh, it was really cool because they went to the guy who sang for Jack Skellington. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they went to the producer's house and the producer had tons of stuff. And um, they had some really, really cool memorabilia. Oh, awesome. I'm going to have to check that one out soon. It also shows that there is a bar in California basically dedicated to, I'm blanking on the, <laughs> Tim Burton. Oh, home. really? Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and when you go in there, like, they had the uh, lizard, uh, the sandworm mm. from- uh, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. And it was, like, all different props from the different nice. movies. Cool. How about you, Alex? What'd you do? I uh, watch a lot of Disney Plus, um, Be Our Chef. I don't know if you guys have watched Be Our Chef, but we've been watching it, and uh, it's okay. But it's funny because, I don't know, I think I've talked about this before, but two of the kids on there have been on previous, previously been on competition cooking shows for kids. Um, one was on uh, MasterChef Junior, and the other one was on Kids Baking Championship. So to help anyone who has not heard of the show, Be Our Chef is a kids cooking competition. It's actually a family cooking competition. (laughs) Four family members cook uh, in a competition. Required to have two kids? It's not required, but it definitely is likely. (laughs) Yeah, it's not two people, their kid, and their cousin, no. (laughs) Yeah, it's mostly parents and two kids. Okay. and then we watched, uh, lately we've been watching this show, but I've never seen before. It's called Just Roll With It. And uh, it's kind of interesting. Emma's kind of into it. I'm actually into it too, actually. It's a sitcom, but it's an interesting style where what happens is during the sitcom, they make a loud like, 
um, siren noise and they have to stop acting. Then they give the audience three options and they choose. And then those three options are incorporated into the scene that the cast members have to do. The cast members that the uh, actors have to do. They don't know what the options are. So then they go backstage, they wait in the waiting room, they come out, everything's preset and they have to read lines from a paper and then continue the scene from there. And, incorporating That's it into cool. the show and they do about three times an episode. It's uh, actually pretty decent. I said everything. That's it. Okay. Well, to go along with that, um, I don't know if this is going to be left in. We talked to Joey and we mentioned Tom and Dan on Tom and Dan. I learned that there is going to be a Muppets TV show. We talked about out. that last week. They talked about last week. Did you? Uh, did we t- say it was an improv? No, we did not. No, we didn't know what exactly it was going to be. We were we weren't sure if it was going to be improv. Okay, so yeah, so when Alex brought that up, I then you know I was like, oh, that's cool. It's going to be a Muppet styled whose line is it anyways? That'd yeah, be really neat. A, that would be a lot of fun to watch nice. for sure. And they're you know going to have the uh, celebrities mm-hmm. on. Yeah, that yeah we did talk about that last. But week. we weren't sure what type of format it was going to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so this week I watched um, Disney Short Out. Did you mm-hmm. guys watch that? I did, actually. No. No, you didn't watch it? It's pretty good. What did you think, Alex? It's I think good. I might have talked about it. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, we talked it about it a little good. bit. It's, it, it was, was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. I thought it was good. You know, kind of has that message. It's just, you know, everyone is going through their own thing. It's just be nice to people, you know, and kind of support them. Um, mm-hmm. That's what kind of what I got out of it. I watched it. So is it live no. action? It's cartoon. cartoon. What is it? Spark short. Cartoon short. Yeah, it's oh, like a little short. It was definitely. Oh, a Pixar yeah. short. Oh, the spark yeah, shorts man. It, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. Those shorts are. I've talked about it before. I mean, you have to fit all the emotions of a two-hour movie and fit it into something that's five minutes. You have to have like the intro. It's amazing. They're talented people who write these little yeah. shorts and make them. I love them. Um. So, I watched a little bit of Fantasia. Which oh. was actually really cool. Uh, that would be a nice one to do history on, because uh, we kind of talked a little bit about Fantasia with Mickey, right? Mickey's. Yeah, episode. I was gonna say you watched Fantasia yep. after we did the Mickey episodes. Yeah, man. You can watch uh, it before it was, the Mickey episodes. Fantasia or Fantasia two thousand? It was this regular, the original Fantasia, and yeah. it was definitely. I can see how that was like something back in. I think it was what the fifties or when did that move? When did it come out? I don't even know. But whenever it came out, you can see how that was like. New, Late like, 80s, I believe. Uh, no. Was it? No. Wait. Adam Dank's looking it up right now. It was when, he came, yeah, it was when Mickey came back. Get out of Discord. Wait, was it? But you can definitely... Oh t- 1940. 1940s. Yes, it was. Fantasia 2000, Fantasia 2000 came out in 99. Yeah, Fantasia came out yeah, in 1940. Man. You can definitely tell how that movie was kind of like... What really introduced a lot of brand new technology with how they were doing things and like the illusions and stuff like that was really cool. Uh, Steve, one of our Patreon members, also mentioned something in Discord where mm-hmm. I didn't even know this, but on um, on shopdisney.com, they released these mugs with like a theme of a month on the third Saturday of every month. So he posted a picture. I think it was they just got a mug that was like the Tiki Room mug. And I love coffee mugs, and coffee mugs are cool. And we collect Disney coffee mugs. I mean, we don't collect them, but we do. I mean, I love my Disney the coffee mugs that I have that are Disney. I love them, and I always use them. Like first, you know, I have like a Mickey one, I have an Epcot one. So they have like a a theme Disney mug of the month every third every the third Saturday of every month at on the shopdisney.com website. So check that out if you like coffee mugs. I'm disappointed one. in you. 
You're promoting shopdisney.com when they can go to dizhis.com and buy mugs with our faces on them. I mean, if you collect, I mean, and Steve, he's a collector of coffee mugs too, and he purchased a mug, which thank you, Steve. It's a good I'm going to go ahead. Uh, it is a cool mug. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and get it. Yeah. Uh, so I love collecting coffee mugs though. Also, yeah. So if you're collecting <laughs> Disney coffee mugs, you got to have one from of the course, Diz man, His. the Disney history podcast. You got to have it. <laughs> I also watched Cinderella, which was another... I, I loved that movie growing up. The mice were like my favorite part. You know, you got Gus Gus and all them. Mm-hmm. Um, my son loved it. And I can... I mean, I watched that movie like so many times growing up. And after watching it, I can now see why I loved that movie as a child. And I, I mean, it's still a really good movie now, but I can see how I really enjoyed it. You watch the cartoon, the cartoon or the, uh, the cartoon. live action? Yep. I remember just watching it. It kind of brought back so many memories of me watching it as a kid. And that's one of the great things about Disney because you kind of get those memories from when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. You get those yeah, feels. Yeah, you do get the feels. Let's talk about it. You know, it's Wednesday, uh, this previous week. Um, Disney's going to open up mid-July. So that's kind of a big news. Yes, yeah, it big is. News. There's a bunch of rules, right? Of course. And how to get in, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm sure a reservation is going to be, I think it's going to be a big part of it from what I heard. You have yeah. to have some type of reservation to get um to get in, but you know Disney's going to do things right, and I think you know I'm a positive person. I think that w- everything's moving in the right direction. So with the whole, you know, there's a lot of po- more positive news coming out about the virus, and you know, hopefully things will get back to normal sooner than later. Let's say, just let Universal be yeah. the guinea pig. Start off for the first for everything they've done. Uh, also in Disney news, uh, it's a high possibility that the NBA is going to hold the rest of their season Ooh, at yeah. uh, ESPN Y Willow Sports, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, that is pretty cool. I love NBA. Can't wait for basketball to get back on. I love playing basketball. I love watching basketball. I love watching all sports. It's kind of mm. a uh, bummer that you know we haven't we haven't watched sports in like two months, man. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I don't know anything about sports. I don't watch <laughs> sports. I don't care about sports, but it makes perfect sense. They have the facility right. for them to train, for them to play the game, and for them to live without ever coming in contact with That's someone true. else after they've it already is been perfect. quarantined. I mean, yes, we, it is we, did a, we did an episode on Disney, ESPN World of Sports, and it's an amazing, amazing complex. What is and that, that episode was? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, come on, Joe. You got to have it at your fingertips. You should always have it ready. I should next. You know what I'm gonna do from Just, now on? I'm gonna gonna have all. You oh, have like wait, three actually, screens over there. I do, but I have like my my camera is like <laughs> mounted on. I gotta get a better mount for my camera. It would be episode thirty six. Episode thirty six is Wide World of Sports. So, and that's the his on the Little Mermaid Ariel's undersea adventure, and under the sea, the journey of the Little Mermaid attraction. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. I'm Adam. Thanks for listening and have a magical week. Go to dizhiz.com where you can find links to all of our episodes, our social media accounts, and to our Patreon page where you can help us out and hear more from each of the shows. We also do monthly giveaways for our Patreon subscribers. Thanks for listening and have a magical week.
need USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com slash bundle. Restrictions apply.